Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Father, thank you for your word. As we turn our eyes to the pages of scripture, open our hearts to receive it. And let the Word of God enter with such grace and such power to transform us. Bless your people as your anointed servant in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. I've particularly had a great time in this season of the series we are in. That is the cross of Christ Jesus. Particularly, I've been having a season of revival and renewal in my faith. It's been a personal encounter for me. From the very first message that we wrote and preached concerning the significance of the cross of Jesus to last weekend understanding the fact that he was displaying his undeniable great love for humankind when he hung on that cross. And today I want to bring you yet another message entitled The Cross of Christ, Our Victory. Tell your neighbor, Our Victory. When Jesus hung on that cross and before he said his final, before he breathed his last, he declared some powerful, prominent words that all of us must always remember. In John 19 and verse 30, he said these words, It is finished. Then he breathed his last and gave up his spirit. As considering the last moment of Jesus and thinking about us here every day in life, when we lose loved ones, we wail and we moan and there is words we say and we declare in our moments of, of wailing and moaning. And I was reminded of the mourning that takes place in our place up in northern Uganda amongst the Acholi people. And I think it happens in many others, but I'll give you those two examples. And this is how they wail. You hear something like this. But if you came down to Buganda, you probably hear things like. You've heard that before. If you translate that into English in a very almost direct translation, it's almost like they're saying, I am finished. Because they are declaring a state of hopelessness. They are declaring a state that in them and through them there is nothing that can help them bring the person that has passed on to life. They are wondering what does life look like without the loved one that we have here today, that we don't have today. And so for them it is a, a declaration of hopelessness, a declaration of defeat in life. And that is what death sometimes feels like. It's like there is no victory, there is no hope because of death. But when Jesus hung on the cross, he didn't say I'm finished. He said, it is what? It is finished. You see, there's a difference. When Jesus hung on that cross while he was bleeding, while he was struggling to gasp some air, and he declared the words, it is finished. He was really declaring the announcement of the redemption of mankind. He was declaring the eternal announcement that mankind had now been redeemed. He had broken the barrier between God and man. He is declaring there was victory over death, sin, and the devil. In that moment, it was a cry of victory, not a cry of defeat. And the Bible tells us very clearly in the book of Colossians chapter 2 and 13 to 15. It paints for us the picture of who this Jesus really is. It says you were dead in your sins. And that's because your sinful nature had not yet been cut away. But God made you alive with Christ Jesus. For he forgave all our sins. He took the record of the charges that stood against us. And he nailed those to the cross. And in this he disarmed the spiritual forces and authorities in the heavenly places. And by that he conquered them. And took victory away from them by his cross. <laughs> 
Let me tell you, Colossians 2 is a great summation or summarization of what Christ really did on that cross. His final words were not a final words of defeat, of hopelessness. His final words were words of victory. And I'm here to tell you today that the cross of Jesus is the cross of victory. And everyone who has faith in Jesus shares in that same victory today. Everyone who walks in Jesus has the same victory that Jesus achieved and claimed for us at the cross. He was at the cross bringing an end to the powers of darkness, bringing an end to the world that was waging against man. And now you and I who have faith in him walk in that same victory. At the cross of Christ, he gained victory over sin, over death, and over the devil. And I want to just drill down on those three things so that you may be able to walk in the knowledge of the victory that there is in Christ Jesus. You see, by faith in Christ Jesus and his finished work on the cross, every single one of us here today can have victory over sin. The scriptures say we were dead in our sins because our sinful nature had not yet been removed. We were dead in our sins. Ultimately, death is the penalty of sin. I'll talk about that a little bit later on. It says we were dead in our sins, but Christ made us, God made us alive with Christ, having forgiven us of our sins. When Paul is speaking to the church in Colossae, he's really reminding them of what their true state is, was rather, what their true state was before they came to Jesus. And the truth is every single one of us who are outside Jesus, this state holds true. Our true state without Jesus is that we are bound to sin. Sin has a hold on our lives. Sin, uh, sin, sin enslaves us. Sin binds us. Sin blinds us to the things of God. When you read the scripture, sin is disobedience to God. Sin is rebellion towards God. Sin is lawlessness. Sin is living in disregard to God. So when Adam sinned, disobeyed God, the Bible tells us and sin came into the world sin then enslaved us it corrupted our nature and now by nature we are sinful beings meaning then that your default disposition is to sin you cannot help but sin because something has enslaved you and sin enslaved us when Adam disobeyed God and everything we do apart from Jesus is inclined towards sin when God was uh, talking, uh, was, was speaking about man in Genesis 5 and Genesis 6, the story of Noah, the Bible tells us this, then God said these words, I regret that I created man because every inclination of his heart is to do evil. Jeremiah said this, <laughs> the heart of man is desperately wicked. Apart from Jesus, we are all by nature sinners. Sin holds us. Sin grips us. Sin causes us to live in rebellion towards God. And because we're enslaved to it, we, we are powerless towards it. We can't help ourselves. We can't break free from it because there are chains all over us. It is ruling our lives. It is leading our lives. It is, it is, it is deceiving us in the deceitfulness of sin. And therefore we find ourselves, apart from Jesus, constantly doing what is contrary to God. You may say, but pastor, I do good things. Yeah, you may do good things. But outside of Jesus, your good things don't count to anything in the kingdom of God. And the why reason I love this message today is that in the midst of all this doom and gloom, there is victory. <laughs> Romans chapter 5 and verse 6 says this, but while we were still sinners, while we were still powerless towards sin, while we still had no strength against sin, while we were unable to save ourselves, Christ died for the ungodly. 
Romans 6 and 10 tells us that the death that Jesus died, he died once for all to break the power of sin in our lives. Jesus died to sin. Therefore, sin can no longer rule over us. You know, when Jesus was hanging on that cross, he took upon himself your charges. The charge of your rebellion. The charge of your disobedience. The charge of your immorality. The charge of your thievery. The charge of your lying. He took upon himself our charges. And not only just our charges, he also agreed and laid down his life for our sake. And took the penalty of our charges. He had no sin. And because he had no sin, when he died to our sins, he broke the power of sin in our lives. He brought an end to the dominion of sin on the world. So when you have faith in Jesus, guess what happens? Sin's power over you is broken. So I came across this amazing, beautiful story. Johnny, Sally and the Dark, unknown author. Johnny and Sally went to visit their grandparents. When they went to visit their grandparents, Johnny was given a slingshot. In our language here, you probably say a catapult, or maybe you say a abutida. Those of you who grew up in the days of shooting birds for dinner, you know what that is. And he was given a slingshot, and he would go into the woods and practice, and he never got his target right. So this one time, he's coming back home, and he sees his grandmother's pet duck right over there. And he decides to pull out his slingshot, and of all days, he got the target right. And he hit his grandmother's pet duck on the head, and it died. Freaked out, afraid, he walked there, dug a hole, buried the duck quickly in the, in, 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 uh, in the ground there. And when he got up like this, he found his sister Sally looking at him. <laughs> Sally said nothing. They walked into the house. Lunchtime came. After lunch, grandma said, Sally, would you help me with the dishes? Uh, Sally was like, no, it's okay, grandma. Uh, Johnny had agreed to wash the dishes already. And she turned to Johnny and said, remember the duck? Johnny got up, he went, did the dishes. Later on that day, grandpa says, who wants to go fishing? And, and, and grandma said, no, I don't want to go fishing, but I would like Sally to stay home uh, to prepare supper with me. And she said, oh, my grandma, don't worry. That's all taken care of. Johnny is more than pleased to, to, do the, to make supper with you. Remember the duck? Johnny got up and he walked. He did what he did. After many days, Johnny was tired of doing this chore. So he walked up to his grandmother and said, grandma, I killed your duck and I'm sorry. The grandma said, I know. Pulled him, hugged him and said, I was standing at the window and I watched everything happen. But because I love you, I forgave you. I was only waiting to see how long you're going to take to let Sally make a slave of you. Let me ask you the question. How long are you going to take to let sin make a slave of you? Jesus hung on that cross paying the price for your sin. He nailed it there. And when you receive forgiveness of sins, you break the hold of sin on your life. You no longer walk in slavery to him. How long will you make, let sin make a slave of you? Today, I, I challenge you, walk away from sin. The Bible tells us in Titus chapter 2 that the grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching us to say no to sin, but yes to living a righteous life in this ungodly world. You have the power to walk away from sin because God broke its power over your life. You can no longer be there and say, Pastor, I found myself just going. 
The way you find yourself going to sin is the way you should find yourself walking away from sin. I say, you know what? You have no hold on me. I'm going to walk away from you and I'm going to go this side here. Why? Because Jesus broke the power of sin in your life. I stand as a testimony of one who lived in utmost wickedness. I don't tell the details of the story, but I'll just give you a highlight. Alcoholism, drunkenness, sexual morality, pornography, and everything that comes with that. Bound in that situation, I remember very clearly the day I gave my life to Christ. I said, Jesus, if you can save anybody from this thing here, save me and I'll be yours. I stand to testify that almost 22 years later, I am free of the hold of sin in the name of Jesus. If I have ever sinned, of which I have, in the last 22 years, it's not because sin was ens- I was enslaved to sin. It's because I made wrong choices. The Apostle Paul says in Romans, and this is what he puts it, and says this, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead but now have life in Jesus. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law, but you live under the freedom of God's grace. Verse 16 says, Don't you realize that you become the slave whatever you choose to obey you can obey a slave you can be a slave to sin which leads to death or you can choose to obey God which leads to righteous living you have a choice and that's why Christ broke the power of sin in our lives Choose to walk away from stealing. Choose to walk away from immorality. Choose to walk away from from covetousness, from greed, from pride. Choose to walk away from those wrong relationships. Choose to walk away from any circumstance that doesn't glory God. And walk into the direction that lives for the glory of Jesus. You have been, if you are in Jesus, the power of sin is broken over you. Secondly, for all who have faith in Christ Jesus and the finished work of the cross, we have victory over death. You see, the Bible says in Colossians 2 and 13 that we read that, that, that we were dead in our sins. Dead in our sins. Because our sinful nature had not yet been cut away. Now, to help you understand this, we need to be able to define what, sin, uh, what, what, what death looks like. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 16 that God declared this was in the day that you shall disobey me or eat of that fruit, you will surely what? Die. Romans 6 and 23 tells us the wages of sin is what? Death. So ultimately sin brings us to the place of deadness. That is the penalty of sin. We are dead if we are not circumcised in our hearts to sin. So if you want to think about death, I want you to think about it in these three ways. One is that death is the natural end of human life. And it's a constant reminder of the penalty of sin. But secondly, I want you to think about it this way. That death is also a separation from God. Isaiah 59 and verse 2 says that our sins have separated us from our God. He has turned his face away from us. Therefore, he doesn't listen to us. So because of sin, we are separated from God, from the life of God. That means without Jesus, we are spiritually dead to God. And therefore, we cannot have a relationship with God because we are dead in our sins. Which means that if we are not in Christ Jesus, we become the living dead. Even though we have life now, yet without the spiritual awakening, we are living dead. 
But secondly, separation from God means this, that when we pass on from the life on earth into the second world, which is the spiritual world, we will live forever eternally separated from God. Scriptures tell us in Revelation chapter 20 that the great white throne uh, in, in uh, 20 verse 11 to 15, and then there was a great white throne and all the dead were brought up and hate and death gave up the dead in them and they were judged books were opened and the book of life was also opened and the bible says in verse 14 then death and hades were thrown into the lake of fire and this is the second death the lake of fire and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life he was thrown into the lake of fire let me say this to you there is no place called purgatory your purgatory is here on earth where you make amends with god before you die on earth after you're dead on earth, there's no place of restitution. There's no place of forgiveness. Why? Because the salvation is for we who are alive here on earth. So I want to challenge you. You need to overcome death today, not after the grave. The second death is something you must pay close attention to. In fact, let me say this to you. Right now, if I, James, walk away from Jesus, I will be condemned to the second death which will be the case for anyone who is not in Jesus. We are all condemned to the second death. But again, here is the beauty of Christ Jesus. <laughs> Through the cross, we are victorious over death. Hallelujah. Through his death, we are victorious over the grave. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And somebody say amen. Let me say this to you. Christ didn't die in vain. His dying on the cross and resurrection from the grave was a display of his conquest and his victory over death. You see, death will hold you for as long as you are living in the body of sin. Jesus dealt with the sting of death. Death is only applicable to those that continue to live in rebellion towards God. But when you say yes to Jesus, turn away from sin, lay down your lives for him, follow Jesus. The Bible is so clear. He breaks the power of death. And that is why the scripture says that him, he made you alive in Christ Jesus. So right now, I am walking in eternal life because I love Jesus. Do you know eternal life is not when you die and go to heaven? Jesus said, eternal life is knowing God the Father and obeying his son Jesus. John chapter 17. So if you're dying, you're waiting to die to enjoy eternal life, you're missing it. Begin enjoying eternal life now. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 2, 14 to 15 tells us that since then we... Um, a flesh and blood, he, Jesus, had to share in our humanity that by his dying, he might break the power of him who held the power of death so that he might destroy, he might free all those who all their lives lived in the fear of dying. Maybe one or two of you here don't fear to die. But the majority of us here today and those listening in online right now fear death. Do you know why? Because we're not so sure what's on the other side. 
If you close your eye right now, you're wondering, now what is going on around me? You're, you're, you're wondering, what are they doing in front of me? Because you do not have a clue. So when we are dead, have you ever gone around over a casket and you wonder, what are they thinking? They're thinking nothing. They are dead. They are on the other side. The question is, where are you on the other side? So we are afraid because we are not sure. Let me give you the guarantee. In Christ Jesus, there is a guarantee that even though you die today, you will live in Jesus tomorrow. You will live in his presence. You will live in his eternal life. Because that is what victory over death is. It is the assurance that though I die today, tomorrow I will be with Christ Jesus. In fact, Paul said, to meet absent in the bodies to be present with the Lord Jesus. I found the story of Christians in 1973 by, um, it's, a, it's a narration by the late Bishop Festo Chivengeri. I hope I said that right. And he gives an account of his story. And he says this, this is 1973, he says, February 10th began as a sad day for us in Kabale. People were commanded to come to the stadium and witness the execution of three men. Death permeated the atmosphere. A silent crowd of about 3,000 was there, ready to watch. I had permission from the authorities to speak to the men before they died. And two of my fellow ministers were with me. They brought the men in a truck and unloaded them. They were handcuffed and their feet were chained. The firing squad stood at attention. And as we walked into the center of the stadium, I was wondering what to say. How do you give the gospel to doomed men who are probably seething with rage? We approached them from behind. And as they turned to look at us, what a sight. Their faces were all alight with an unmistakable glow and radiance. Before we could even say anything, one of them burst out and said, Bishop, thank you for coming. I wanted to tell you, the day I was arrested in my prison, I asked the Lord Jesus to come into my heart. He came in and forgave me all my sins. Heaven is now open and there is nothing between me and my God. Please tell my wife and my children that I'm going to be with Jesus. Ask them to accept him into their lives as I did. And the other two men did likewise. You can live with that same confidence. That you have victory over death. Is your life hidden in Jesus? If someone is trying to deceive you, say no. Because there's something greater you're looking forward to. An eternal presence of our God. Wow. But finally, the victory that Christ displayed on the cross was victory over death and therefore through faith in Christ and the finished work of the cross you and I also can share in the same victory over the devil I love it verse 13 says verse 14 says this that Jesus took the record of our charges and he nailed them to the cross and then verse 15 says this in this he disarmed the spiritual forces and authorities. And he shamed them by his public victory on them, over them, by the cross. You see, at the root of our bondage is the sinful nature. When the sinful nature is dealt with, it is, it's stripped the devil and his minions and his other entities of the rights to accuse you. You see, the name devil 
devil is actually a name for Satan and it means the great accuser. He accuses us before God. And if there's an accusation that stands true, I tell you this, he has the legal right to bind you. He has the legal right to come into your life. He was roaming about, finally ended up somewhere in heaven. And God said, you, where are you coming from? So I've been moving back and forth, trying to find, I think he was trying to find someone to disturb. God said, have you tried my servant Job? He said, ah, but God, for you have surrounded Job. No one can touch Job. I'm just paraphrasing it. You go read the story. Job chapter 1, chapter 2. You know, you've surrounded Job. There's a hedge of protection around him. Yeah, nah, 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 nah. He says all this. He said, okay, God says, no, fine. I remove the hedge from them. You go touch Job. Can I tell you this? The enemy only has the right to touch you as a Christian when God says do. <laughs> but then let's get back to the story. And so, Satan goes and tortures Job. Takes his family, takes everything. In fin and finally, he inflicts sores on him. There's a verse in there that says this, and in all of this, Job did not sin against God. Therefore, the devil had no place to accuse Job. That is why at the end of the day, God blessed Job even more than before. Why? <laughs> the accuser had nothing against Job. That's why it's important to deal with sin. The Bible says he who conceals his sin does not prosper because then he allows the enemy to come and dance and play in his life. I can already hear people saying, but okay, but Pastor Jim, so, so, so why am I going through all of this? Let me tell you, Jesus said, in this world we'll have many troubles. But take heart, I have overcome. That means we have victory in every scenario and in every situation. Child of God, if you're here today, know this. There is victory over the devil. The Bible tells us this in First John. The reason that God's son was revealed to us was to destroy the work of Satan. The work of accusation, the work of bonding to sin, the work of disturbing God's children. Jesus was revealed to destroy that work. And you, my child of God, child of God, if you are in Jesus, you enjoy the victory over the work of Satan. When the 12, 72 disciples came back, they were excited about what they were doing. And Luke tells us this. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject, subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to trade on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. My friend, you can have and enjoy victory over the devil as long as you are in Jesus. Can I say this? There are things you don't need to call your pastor for. Rise up. Get up. Stand your ground because you're not fighting for victory. You are fighting from a victor's perspective. The victory was already won. Get up. Fight for your family. Fight for your business. Fight for your community. Fight for your life. Do not let the enemy make you a playground. You are not a playground of the enemy. You are a child of God. You have the authority to rebuke, to tear down, to uproot. You do have that in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is victorious over the devil and everyone who has faith in him walks in the same I'm here to challenge our hearts 
Let's quit nominal Christianity. Let's start living victorious Christianity. At the cross, not necessarily this one, but representing. At the cross, Jesus was victorious over sin, over death, and over the devil. He does wear the victor's crown, doesn't he? I want to tell you today, because Jesus has that victory. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 12, since we have a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every sin and every weight that easily entangles us and run the race that has been marked out for us with perseverance, fixing our eyes on the pioneer and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross of shame and its scorn and is right now out of the hand of the Father. Consider him who faced such hostility against men, from men, that you might not lose your faith. Friends, you can leave this walk of Jesus with victory with you every single day. The Lord bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watertochurch.com. Hey.